one thing we learned last time, H, is it just we throws. Come, we us. come in hot. We come in we, hot. <laughs> we 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 come in hot. And talk about coming in hot. I look slightly different to what I did on the first video because we kind of both. It turns out we both heard each other's audio and we're like, I want a bit more of that. I want a bit more of that. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so, I've like I feel like I've downgraded to wired headphones right now because the mic's just a little different. Sounds a little bit more bassy. But I've just nearly ripped my face off when I caught the wire. So we will get there eventually, one hundred percent. Well, I think the plan is, as we just discussed before we hit record, is we're probably just going to end up with like the pro setup each side. So we're going to get we're going to get you like the Zoom. We've got all these mics, mate. We'll just get we've got, one. We've got all the gear. We're just like trying to avoid using it if we can get away with it. But uh, but then as soon as we do a show, we're like, feel like I need a different mic here. Feel like I need some better headphones. <laughs> Hundred percent. I think it's because we're like saying, "No, guys, if if we add logistical problems into this, we won't do a weekly show." And it turns out, we're like even consideration that Harrison and me meeting up now is a logistical problem <laughs> just to hand him over some mics. But H- but, but we're we're trying. We're also trying to keep this uh, somewhat like, hey, you know what? This is going to be like a no edit show. We're just going to hit record and we're just going to go. And yet we're like, this needs to be perfect, mate. We need to get this audio right. It's got to be right. So we're just we're falling back into our old pattern. But hey, yeah, I think I sent you like four messages when the last one went live. I was like, mate, audio volume has got some issues. <laughs> I'm like, I know, man. My my mic was too mid range. Nothing else. Anyway, well, Adam. Yeah, anyway, let's get it. I just want to say a quick thank you. We had a tremendous amount of support after being back on the mics. Uh, it turns out loads of listeners still have our phone numbers, and just want to say thanks to everyone that reached out and everyone that is crazily still subscribed to the show. Amazing to have you back. You guys never left, actually. We're the ones that left, but we're back. Glad you stuck <laughs> around. Uh, and H, you had a topic that you wanted to bounce around on today's show. What did you want to cover off? Yeah, sorry, mate. I've just realised. Well, I can actually control your mic from here as well. So if if I if I feel like you're coming in hot, still, I'm going to start dialing you down. <laughs> We've both got the power. We've both got the power. Uh, yeah. So last week uh, we spoke. We just had a catch up. You know, a lot of things happened. Uh, I think rightly so, just to get people either back, either up to speed with who we are and where we've come from, or just to like remind people <laughs> what's been happening while we've been away. Uh, but this time, I want to talk about. Well, I threw some ideas at you, and I thought what would be good, top of, topical, top of mind. And one of the things that came to my mind was, um, you know, starting a business in 2023. You know, mm-hmm. new year, new me, and all that stuff. And I thought, well, this is sort of a this is a business podcast. Why don't we talk about people or talk about a subject that people might be considering, which is starting a new business. People might be in a role. They might be thinking of a business or or whatever it may be. So I thought, why don't we just have a chat about considerations, I guess, for, you know, because we could go down an avenue of like, oh, if you're trying to do a, a clothing range, whatever. But I think maybe it's trying to keep it a bit more broad than that. But I think Maybe just what are the considerations if you're trying to start a business in 2023? Did I say 2013 a minute ago? Because I no, feel like I did that earlier, but it's playing on my mind now. <laughs> you did it on the photo. You were like, Adam, like, today's episode, what we should do is just talk about starting a business in 2013. <laughs> I was like, what's the angle there, mate? And you're like, well, what's going on in the world now? The macro conditions, the recession. I'm like, did you mean 
2023 or 2013. I, I love it how you didn't you didn't even correct me though. You were like, I'm, I'm going to go with it, but I'm going to dig a little deeper first. <laughs> Peel this onion back just a little bit. Let's see if there's a gem under uh, there. Uh, I guess what's interesting, you said like some people listening to the show might be in some form of employment right now. I think the one thing that's always blown me away is the amount of people that throughout the journey of doing this podcast have contacted us and said, hey, a year after, I can think like Dan Holiday. if you're listening to this, Dan, well, you will be listening to this. I'm going to see you in four weeks at the, at the meetup. <laughs> I assume you're still subscribed. But these guys, actually met a guy called Alex Tucker this week, who is a listener of the show. Shout out to Alex. Um, and it's just amazing to see the community coming back together as we're getting the podcast rock and rolling again. But the amount of people that said, actually, I listened to the show and it gave me the courage and the understanding to start my own business. And when you said, let's talk about this this year, I thought it's actually like really interesting because there's a lot going on like in the world right yeah. now. So H, you frame it. Where do you want to start? What's the, what's the sort of, how do you want to tackle this? So if someone listens to this who might be thinking about starting a business, I guess they want to listen to this and go, ooh, this topic's interesting. I guess what they want to take away is what the considerations are, challenges, opportunities, well, risks. Ex- exactly that, mate. We, we, as people might have learned from the last episode, we've got a bit of a, a, a document that we share now. We have a docket. This is the first, This is literally the first, of all the what is it five seasons that we've done the four hundred and thirty plus episodes. We've now got a document that we share that we add notes to. Which oh, is, I would <laughs> New Year would, New Year's baby. <laughs> I, I would call it three and a half seasons. I think one season we called season fire and then it stopped quite abruptly. Because <laughs> it quite literally was that on fire, it burnt to the ground. Burnt to a crit. <laughs> yeah, so exactly what you said. It's it's just like um if you if you were to start a business uh, this year, what opportunities and challenges would would um what people be facing and how do how do they tackle it and then sort of well, what are our opinions? There's obviously, let's say obviously, we keep saying there's a recession happening or coming. It seems mm-hmm. like depending on who is talking, like like what industry or even what part of the world that people are talking about that recession is this thing that is either we're knee deep in it and the world's falling to shit, or it's coming soon, it's impending, and everyone's just burying their head in the sand. I guess, first of all, what's your opinion on <laughs> recession in general? Where, where are we in the UK anyway, specifically, do you think? Yeah, it, it's a, it, I guess it's a really interesting question to put on the table. And I will frame this up as anyone that has been a long time listening to the show, we are not about to become like a politics, like macroeconomic view on the world show. But I think it's definitely a consideration because we keep hearing this thing like we're in a recession. And I would say the biggest indicator of that, and we're not going to go down like the whole two fallen quarters of GDP and all that. It's kind of more like how it feels. More like a sentiment rather than... Yeah, more like numbers. a sentiment. And I think the there's a couple of things that kind of like how a recession shows up for us in terms of how we feel. Like, are we changing our lifestyle? Like, are we tightening our belt and feeling the pinch a little bit? When we look around the world, do we see other people and other companies tightening their belts? And... I would say right now, especially in the world that I'm sort of like the, the, the articles and news that I read, there are so many layoffs taking place across different, largely tech companies that you sort of read about. I would say that there is this general belief that right now the world is tightening its belt. Call it a recession, fine, but I'd just say everyone is probably aware. But then when it I seem, think about it, seems it seems like a bit of like a le- uh, a leaning down of of bloated businesses though, rather rather than like mass layoffs, right? 
I think that's an amazing point because if you think about what happened a lot through through COVID, these tech businesses that they they, mm-hmm. they made hay while the the sun was shining. Like a lot of these had mass adoption, scaled very quickly, grew their companies. And right now, in my opinion, what they're doing is feeling the pinch. And that's probably a consideration as to sort of the topic of the show, which is and actually, I, I, what, what are I, the opportunities right now? And I, I also think, just to jump in, sorry, is like the inverse of that happened because of COVID. Like the businesses that, you know, weren't being ran the most efficiently or, or whatever, they just got crushed. Loads of, bus- loads of businesses went out of business. So like I feel, and I've said this to you before off, off mics as well, Seems like there's, we've almost been hit with like the impact of what a typical recession would have done to to those sort of businesses. We've kind of gone through that a little bit with COVID. You know, people people couldn't leave the houses. Businesses just fell apart. So there's already been a bit of uh, like a dipping the toe in the water as it was to what the impact of what a recession would normally have been um, ahead of uh, uh, <laughs> pandemic aside ahead of that. Like it's like recession is now what's coming in, but. Yeah, it seems like we've already been pre-exposed to the the impact that we could be facing. I think it's there. I think what's I think just to play that back, it's we had a pandemic, and during the pandemic, the companies that weren't lean, the unit economics in the business weren't strong enough. They got wiped out, and it it kind of created this stress test environment, which is you had to fight for every bit of revenue. Apart from like the DTC world, but like generally, like the businesses that were impacted negatively by COVID had to basically knuckle down, reduce costs, and get through it. We were one of them, an expert trades. We were one of those companies. Cool, cool. What do we do right now to stay alive? So I would say, in terms of like a recession, the companies that have come out of the COVID couple of years are probably now more resilient to a recession. Mm-hmm than than most because they've sort of gone through this stress test already like we can handle a recession we just did two years of covid as a feeling like there's probably just the companies are now in a fit state and those that aren't right now are clearly doing the layoffs but i I guess not to sort of talk too much politics and macro stuff i think the the impact of someone listening to the show is thinking should i start a business what they're probably thinking right now is i keep hearing this word recession which is creating loads of fear and doubt I always want to start my own business and I'm probably at a point right now where I kind of know my idea, but is this a time that I should start a business? Consideration around the recession, probably just causing a bit of doubt. The cost of living crisis right now, um, it's what a lot was going on. Um, and I don't want to say we're out of it, but it kind of feels like it was very topical for a three to four months. And right now it's not hitting the newspaper. I guess Harry and Meghan are taking over the newspapers right now. But again, we're not going to become a news and a politics show, but uh, it sounds like that, that's been pushed aside slightly. Um, there's all these things right now that are making people just very aware of the money in their pocket. So, Well, you, it's it's funny though, right? Because you say that. So, But I took Emmy, for anyone listening that doesn't know Emmy's my wife, I took her to London for her birthday, which was in December. And we went round some of the shops and stuff. And honest to God, mate, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought there would ever like there was ever a cost of living crisis like people were shopping like nobody's business i've never seen people spending so much money it's i don't know if it's like a some sort of like pent up <laughs> you know like, what i mean like about about from covid like hey we haven't yeah. been able to do this two years no matter what is in my bank no matter yeah. what words i hear about recession i am out and i am spending and i will deal with mm. the problems that it puts me in later there's definitely some of that going on yeah. um and then there's i guess there's a point around something that we're probably a bit closer to because we, we started a project in this space um but 
for anyone listening to this thinking about like Web3 and bits like that, I would say that is also a challenge right now with everything that's kicked off in the world right now, this whole crypto winter that's going on. And I'm not here to speculate on crypto as an actual token, but with everything that kicked off around Sam Bankman-Fried or Sam Bankman-Fraud, as I've heard him called right now, which is great, uh, with the whole FTX stuff. Uh, some some people are looking at it saying, well, you would never start something in the Web3 space. Whereas I guess just to share my views on it, in case someone is in that space thinking about it, I actually think now is the time to start something in that space um, because I think there's a whole heap of speculation. And I remember we were sitting with our, uh, we, we were engaged in a project and sort of like knee deep in legal. And I said, right now I see the world going from speculation this was actually before everything tanked, going from speculation to application. That's like my thing around crypto this year. Well, sorry, 2022. Like everyone was speculating, but the technology is amazing. So if you are listening to this and you feel like there's a real world case around Web3 and increasing efficiencies, I would say that is definitely an opportunity that you can explore. I think the one thing that me and H have learned firsthand is if you are playing with Web3 in a regulated activity, you are literally going to bang your head against a brick wall and spend... Yeah, literally like six figures and want to want to cry over the amount of money you spent on legal because there was uncertainty around it before. And with what's gone on with the crypto markets, with the one of the largest fraud. If you don't know about FTX, just Google it. Look at Sam Bankman fraud and see what's gone on. But it's created a tremendous amount of like ripples through that ecosystem as to every regulator saying, we told you this was a house of cards that we're always going to fall over. But I have a genuine belief in the technology. I think what it can do is going to change how we do business in the next three, five, 10 years. So I, if I was thinking about like this, we were talking about earlier, it was like, where's the opportunities? Where's the risks and challenges? I would say Web3 is an opportunity as long as it's not in a regulated space. I'd say that's, if I was speculating on 2023 wins, the companies that start in the next 12 to 18 months in Web3 that focus on application that aren't like NFT projects and just like pump and dumps and cryptos and bullshit utility tokens. I think if those are dead, I think everyone's learned their lesson. I think right now everyone should be looking at how does this technology improve existing business models and increase efficiencies? I think that's super interesting. That's yeah. I would put that up on the opportunities board if we are, I don't know what game we're playing here, but I'm kind of like just throwing ideas about, but if we're playing the idea of like, what's the opportunities, I would say web three, no speculation, pure application is an opportunity for 2023 and beyond. Yeah, 100%. Like that like that space, not to make this a crypto podcast, but like that space is exactly what you're saying now. It's finally moving into genuine application. There was such a hype around it before and a buzz and everything. Like It was just like bonkers numbers thrown about people spending thousands, if not millions on NFTs of flipping monkeys or whatever. And everyone's like, oh my God, I want to get on the hype. But there was no real... There's no real um, application to any of it. So, and and also, no one really wanted there to be. Like, it wasn't about the app. No one cared. Everyone just wanted to like make money or whatever, because it just seemed like an easy win. Everyone wanted to take part and and not be left holding the bag. But sadly, people yeah. are left holding the bag when there's no value creation. Like, if it doesn't create value, whether it's like actually like creating a yield as an example, but stay clear of securities. Um, or if it's not increasing efficiencies or productivity or whatever, if it's not creating a, def- a value that you can define, then that is pure speculation. And that whole market is gone. That has been rugged. Like it's 2022 over. People made a lot of money. People got burnt. Um, but I'd say it's kind of like, I was actually listening to a, where was I? I was listening to something on the train. It was saying like 
this is no different to what happened in sort of like 2000, where there was tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars invested into .com. And then all those companies went to zero. Pets.com, Google it, the biggest failure of like investment in Silicon Valley. Pets.com, I think it was like two, 300 million. Numbers, sense check me, fact check me, anyone in the audience. But that basically went to zero. And at that point, when that went to zero, everyone was saying, ah, the internet's a fad, it's not going to be around. Well, look how that panned out. The companies that worked through that period, and, and guess what, we'll look at people like Amazon and, and those companies that were thinking about the technology space and actually built a real-world value application to it. I think the people that are born out of this like crash understand the technology and then build through it. They're the winners. Are you, are you fact-checking me on pets.com? Yeah, I, was, I just put it in, but it just takes you to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, like... If you can find it, that's like a, oh, that's cool. We can actually like take a second and quickly check something. Yeah. Uh, uh, document prize, blah, blah, blah. Lawsuit. Um, as, as its recognition began to grow, it att attracted the attention of uh, blah, blah, blah. We were surprised where we received the letter because there was obviously no relation between pets.com and Sox Puppet Triumph. Weird. I have seems, no seems, idea what you found. Seems like, seems like there was a lot of stuff with uh, their mascot. Rather than well, the... well, like, let me just give you this example. Um, so I guess my numbers are inflated in today's money, but $82.5 billion um, on its IPO in 2000. Uh, shares debuted at $11. Later that year, stock was trading at 22 cents a share before the day of its bankruptcy. Like when that happened... Everyone was like, we told you guys, the internet is a fad. It's it's not real. And these companies were always going to zero. It's house of cards. That's the exact same narrative that's going on in this Web3 space right now. But there are real companies doing real world applications. So I think if we sort of like put that up on the docket, I think Web3 is an opportunity. What's, H, I'm going to play it back to you. What's your opportunity space that you think people should be playing in? Um, I think a big one is... You know the the way the world is going and, mo and moving forward. It's like it's weird, right? Coming from us, but when we think about like e-commerce, buying online, shopping like that, like to to me anyway, the thought of going into a physical store is a rarity. Because yep. I just don't want. I just don't want to go. And why would I? Because I can get everything delivered to my door. Like that's just the norm. But <clears throat> it seems like the major. I can't remember what the exact number was. I was trying to find it earlier, but couldn't find a solid sort of percentage. But I remember. It was like around 50% of people shop online primarily, which I thought was like insane. I thought like surely like most people shop online nowadays, like as a primary way. But I think that, I think the reality is, is people, I think the reality is not as many people as I thought shopped online primarily because of the pandemic, people have been exposed to the world of the internet and just how much you can do and get done online. And I think that moving forward, People, people will just continue. To, more and more people will continue to shop online. As you know, as younger generations that literally live online will do everything online. And I think that if you can, if you can carve out, you know, brand awareness things like that, which we can go into with like social platforms and stuff. I think that it's, it's at least if you've got some sort of widget to sell, it should be so much easier nowadays to sell online. And and I'm not necessarily saying like mass market. Um, but through, again, especially because the platforms that we can market on and like the brand, like how easy it is and low cost it is to build a brand nowadays and build a following, mm -hmm. build trust, you know, 
you can if if for someone that's trying to start something new i think it's the opportunity and the ability for someone to build to carve out at least a small niche that gives them a nice lifestyle business is 100 percent possible obviously the product and the niche is quite specific but i think that fundamentally the opportunity and the simplicity that it can be is no it's never been easier right and the opportunity let, let, is getting higher <clears throat> the audience let, should I say. yeah let me build on top of a couple of things you just said there so like one i think you're saying is right now all the like the platforms the technology basically there's no barriers to anyone starting a business so someone listen to this that sort of like is captivated by the headline which is like starting a business in 2023 you literally have zero barriers to entry right and i would say all these platforms normally have like a free trial or something to get you started you said something which i want to push back on slightly which is it's so easy now to create a brand and build build trust I, it is 100 percent, but i think because it's so easy so many people do a bullshit there's like so many scammers and there's like scammers and dog shit and just so much hype put around stuff that doesn't create a huge amount of value because they can get the distribution so easily. I think it's very easy for companies now to create something and pop, but the longevity of those businesses and brands, I think actually building the brand right now and spending a bit of time on like what the brand is, what's the value proposition, how do you actually communicate consistently to your audience I don't see that happening as much anymore because the barriers are so low. Everyone is just spinning up stuff pretty quickly. And I guess the takeaway there for anyone listening is because the barriers are so low, don't spend loads of time working out the tech stack and how you get your product to the customer. That's solved. Just like pick Shopify up and use it. Squarespace, whatever it is, just use it and spend more time working out actually who is my target customer how do I communicate them? What is the value proposition? Like just spend a little bit more time on your brand and who you want to be and make sure that's consistent because I think that will help you get longevity. I just see the 2022 TikTok feeds products every day, but they just seem to be very shallow without a real, I guess, brand. And I guess what I'm saying is like, there doesn't seem to be a mission. There's loads of products spinning up but not many businesses. That's the best way to frame it. There's loads of products spinning. But that's that's exactly that's, that's exactly how you separate yourself apart, though, right? Is you build you build a brand around it. You, you know, like that's that's the point. There is so much shit out there that is just a one and done. Just trying to take an easy easy sell, get something in Amazon, sell a flipping five pound thing shipped from China. But if you actually want to make a real business out of this and the the work is on exactly what you said the work is is done on the branding the mission statement and what 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 are you like what problems are you trying to solve who is your audience who what who are you trying to help and like have a long lasting impact in anyone can spin up a product because mm-hmm. it is so easy but yeah it's... Uh, yeah and i think that's the key point there which is like do you want to start a business or do you want to make some money selling a product they are they are two very different mindsets to be in um because personally i think one of them is hackable in a positive sense like if you're just trying to work out how to make margin you can just piece a few things together a shopify store find an influencer work out how you get this person to talk about that product and as long as you can sell it for more like you as long as you're your cac but i don't th- i don't think i don't think anyone would be passionate enough to want to do that right you would like if you had a job and you were like i want to i want to i'm passionate enough to leave this you've got to be passionate enough about something to want to like someone needs to really be into fucking rock climbing to start their own rock climbing brand it's yep. not about like i want to spin up a clothing store and just you know 
just do random prints and just hope that memes on the t-shirt sell themselves. I think that you do have to... People are going to be driven in, in the right way, hopefully. Well, but that, maybe, but that's, maybe the not, maybe that's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the takeaway, because if you're just spinning up the product with the meme brand, is a great example, is anybody can compete. Uh, and I think the point that we're like circling around is build, build a business around something you, you are willing to put the energy and effort into and just focus on that and make something that your customers, and this sounds like we're just saying the obvious stuff, but I think because it's so, here's the takeaway, because it's so easy to spin up a business in 2023, you actually have to be more considered about the business that you spin up in 2023. Otherwise, it'll have no moat around it. Anyone else can do it and you'll just end up just getting, the margins will just get squeezed and you'll become uh, irrelevant pretty quickly. And the, the, that's the thing here is you've got to make something that cuts through the noise in a very, very noisy world that has a bit of substance behind it. Don't just get caught by these drop shipping techniques. And then, and then there's the whole other side of it. It's like, what type of business are you trying to build, right? Are you, are you trying to build a, a global brand or are you trying to be... Uh, are you the brand and just trying to build a following and then you you know say your your industry is rock climbing I don't know where I pulled that out of <laughs> twice but, you know if you if you've you know if that's a if that's a huge passion of yours start documenting it across social build a following build an audience and then you can there's the there's the opportunity there if you build a true genuine diehard audience that you can actually make a little bit more money it might not take you away from your your main salary, but it could be the difference between having a following that you get some something basic off of affiliate sales on on products. But they're they're two very different things at that point. One one is you're just a, a bit of like an influencer that has a bit of a following, and you can make a little bit of a cut from just from helping them out, or you go balls deep and make a a global brand, or at least try to. So again, yeah. it's about like it's about what you're aiming for rather than just saying i want to spin up a shop yeah it's kind of like working out what's the what i'm trying to do is like always pin this back to like someone that's like there's some people that listen to this are like oh this is a slightly different show to what we normally talk about and me and h are going to get back to like just sharing what we're going through on a week-to-week basis building our respective roles and businesses but the, the person that listens to this right now is the sort of like person we want to try and touch on is they're they're opening this up whether it's on youtube and the podcast thinking i'm actually considering starting a business i would say off the back of what h just said is ask yourself why and then work out how patient you are willing to be because if we talk about that whole brand and community perspective if you're in a day job and you and you're really passionate about something and there is security around you being in a role right now especially given what we started the top of the show with around there is uncertainty, the words recession, cost of living crisis. There is natural uncertainty just kicking around the world right now. If you're in that stable position and you are ambitious and deeply care about business, I'm not trying to turn anyone off from starting a business. I think it's definitely the right way. But if you can think about it with a little bit more patience as to, cool, I want to I build a business around rock climbing. The topic is weird, but we're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> I honestly I'll, don't know where it came from either. <laughs> I want to build a business about rock climb around rock climbing, but is now the right time to take the leap? I guess someone listening to this right now might be thinking exactly that. I want to start this business. Is now the right time? I'd say if you're in a secure role, then every bit of time outside of your day job should be when you're putting your energy and time into building a community 
building a brand and building influence. That doesn't mean being an influencer and selling shit and trying to get clicks and make affiliate. It's having an influence in the community that you care about. So that might be, I don't know, shooting your videos on how you're going up the bouldering wall level one to level 10 and giving tips and tricks, but building a following. Because if you can have a bit of patience around what you're doing and go, actually, my stage one 2023 strategy is keep my day job. Every bit around my day job, I'm going to start to create content, build a following, build a community around what I care about, attract my 1,000 fans who deeply care about this subject matter and like the way I talk about it. If you can do that, then I promise you that then that springboards into a much easier business in 2024 and beyond because you've got the attention of people that already know, like, and trust you. So I'm not sure how we end up getting here because we kind of waffle for 25 minutes, but I think that's a super interesting point, which is if you right now want to start a business and you are in some level of security and it's not like, oh, I want to start it right now, start it right now, but change the lens that you look at it through and go, actually... Rather than trying to find a product to sell, I'm going to try and bring value to a certain set of people that I will sell stuff to in the future. I think that's like a nugget worth taking away. Yeah, it's um, and especially, especially if you know you've got the comfort of an existing role, you, you've got time. So use that time. I, I, I can't remember where it was. I heard it, but it's like so, someone was saying the other day. It's like why people seem to be in so much of a rush. So much in so much of a rush to start something and then start making money from it immediately, and then they lose sight of of the mission statement, right? So mm-hmm. if you can spend this time, like say, building the audience, building the following, building the impact, you know, give, 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 and then ask or take because you've built up so much goodwill that you can finally make a bit of money from it <laughs> in the long run and convert yeah. it into something that becomes a business, but with such goodwill behind it, it should. Uh, I also think you'll just end up having way more energy for it. Like if you start building content and attracting people that care about you, your voice about the subject matter, climbing, like it will just give you energy. And by the way, the great thing then happens is the business starts to pull you rather than you trying to like wake up and go, I want to start a business. Your community gives you more energy. And then you start to, you end up waking up and slightly resenting your day job because you want to hang out with your community more. You want to be in that that channel, that Discord, that group, or wherever it hangs out, you'll want to do more of that because then the, then the question is, is, okay, how do I then turn this into a revenue stream? And I would say just stair-step it. Like work out how you go from your day job to a side hustle. I think that will be my advice this year, which is like, unless you're someone that is trying to build something that requires funding, and we can talk about funding in a second if you want in terms of like what the what that landscape looks like right now. But unless you're someone that is thinking, actually, I want to raise capital, build a team, build a business, and the thing I want to build needs that, we can talk about that in a sec. Like, I would say just slow down a little bit right now. I think that's that's my initial like takeaway on starting something right now. If If it's something you can do on the side, do it on the side and focus on building a community. And it's a, it's a nice little jumping off point, H, because in, in the docket, you put like AI, and you, you also sort of mentioned how influencers that you've already mentioned, like that's where people go to. Do you want to share your thought on that? Because you, you stuck it in the docket this, this morning or this afternoon. I was like, oh, actually, that's a really, really astute point. And I think there's so much weight behind it. Yeah, well, I was kind of talking about... Um it kind of goes back to the point we were saying about like how easy it is nowadays to build a brand and sort of promote and things like that. But, you know, people, 
people often, again, going back to e-commerce as well, before people buy something, they usually go online to at least read reviews and things like that. Nowadays, there's so much trust built up. Um, many people go to, they've got a guy for the tech, right? You know, MKBHD, for example, like if you want to know anything about any tech and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But pe- people have influencers that they have a lot of trust and faith in. Um, but they des- the reason why that resonates so much is usually is because they are you know they're authentic right they're real they're real people they're like it's like ask it's like asking you adam you've got this thing that i want to understand like what what do you think of it they they go for your opinions Uh, but i think there's a shift in especially a shift in like video content and stuff like that because it's with the ability to go to chat gpt and just generate a load of waffle basically but sourced from somewhere i think that we're going people are going to be pushed into a direction where they really need to f- see, hear, and feel from real, tangible people, and even even for existing brands as well. I think that's going to be a shift that we'll see. Like, yes, there's always space for well-produced um, content, but with platforms like TikTok breaking down this idea of like instead of instead of thousands of pounds worth of production equipment, people are just shooting something on their phone. Like that's breaking down barriers for what any brand can do or needs to do to even get a message across i feel like i went off on a tangent now (laughs) no no like the point that you sort of like drove into at the beginning which i read this morning or this afternoon whenever it was i was like that is so true so when i read it i was like with chat gpt right now i can literally go chat gpt and go all right i want you to write some ad copy talking about this water bottle in the, the style of a harry potter movie where Adam and Harry are fighting over the water bottle and I wander out and it will do some pretty cool creative. <laughs> I wander out is a weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'd be interested to know how it, how it is. <laughs> pretty sure chat GPT. Who's one's bigger <laughs> in the comments. Um, <laughs> where to go with that. Uh, <laughs> But what I'm saying is like the written word or I can go to it and go, actually, I'm trying to write a 10,000 word essay on the the state of business in 2023 and it will pull resources and it will write it probably better than I will because I'm not the best at writing content, like putting words down. But because everyone now is being educated on AI and the power of like chat GPT and AI as a whole and all these services that are spinning up using the AI tech to increase efficiencies on content writing and whatever it is. When you wrote that, I was like, fundamental belief in me right now is people are going to trust the written word a little bit less because there will just be this thing and it's like, hmm, I wonder if a real copywriter crafted this message or if this was a machine. And you, someone listening say, well, does it matter? And personally, I think it, it does because if there's even a question mark, that is a slight dilution of trust. It's, was this a machine that wrote this? Kind of like a chatbot on a website. Who do you engage with more? Is it a chatbot? It's more efficient. But if there's a person with empathy on the other side, you're probably going to engage more with that person. So well, I don't know if you've ever Googled like a recipe online. Like every time you try and find the re- recipe, the ingredients are buried in what is a 500 plus word blog because they've just SEO'd SEO. the crap out of it. Yeah. So it's like, I just like, you can't even find the ingredients. And even that, that has probably been written by someone, but even that has always grinds my gears because it's like, I just, the information is not readily available. Clearly they've done, 
they've had a different intention in mind, which is get traffic rather than help me. And it's the same with yeah. the AI. Someone's just used the AI to build a blog to get traffic, for example. So, Yeah, and I think people will become more and more aware to that. So the, the real top tier brands, I believe, are going to have to really lean in to nailing their copy, their written word, to the point that someone just goes, that cannot have been written. Do you know, like when you think about like, we're getting off tangent here, but like Dali, when it can create artwork, there's just something that a human, because if you think about the difference between AI and a human, when AI gets really good, it will be indistinguishable, apart from one thing. AI has to use inputs. It has to use stuff that it's learnt. AI can't invent something new. Like it can just connect dots together. It, it has a training module and then you have the inference it's basically learnt data that is trying to give you the closest thing to a perfect output, but it can't sit there, think of something in its mind's eye, as we call it, and then create it. And I think the top brands are going to really have to lean into how do we separate ourselves from something that looks and feels brand new so people know this was created from our brand, not a piece of technology. So to come back to the point that you were making, is if people have a start to doubt the written word because of being aware of chat GPT and they just start seeing content farms spewing stuff out, the fact that me and you are on this podcast right now, and don't be wrong when, when this when tech improves and there's deep fakes and stuff like that, it's going to get dead interesting. Like there'll be a podcast where it just goes, listen to these 432 episodes and make another episode of Startup Diary and see how you get on. That, could, that, that will happen. They'll probably do a better job than us. But the whole, I think this, this whole podcast script has been written by AI, by the way. <laughs> uh, the, the value of being on camera, talking and engaging with your target audience with video and image, I think is going to go up in value significantly. Audio, video, the stuff that right now is deeper connection, can't be chat GPT or other AI services. I think, so I guess the takeaway what I'm trying to say is if you're thinking about starting a business, learn how to open up your iPhone, point a camera and tell your story and, and become an influencer, not in the pay clicks, but have a personality and let people know who you are. I think people are going to resonate more with that over the next two, three, four years as AI starts to take over the written word online. Yeah, it just, dry, it just drives you towards, you know, like I say, people will just get tired of like, because uh, we're just, we, you just know, right? Like, just because something can write something well in the, in, like, in the English language, there's, you know, like at the moment anyway, at least, it's, if you read a lot of the blogs or whatever the written stuff is that comes out of that chat GBT, GPT, GBT? whatever it is, um, it, it is, uh, you know, it, and maybe, maybe I've not tried hard enough, but it, it always, it has like a certain tone to it. That's like, I don't know, like a, yeah, it's, hard, can, it's hard to explain, but it enough. like, it feels like it's like an amalgamation of different types of, it feels like someone speaking a certain way, but like, I can almost hear the sort of accent that it's got. It's, it's bizarre, but I, uh, and uh, funny enough, I had to pull something up because I was—I happened to be chatting to uh, Danny the other day, and I was like, "If someone uses AI to generate these blogs, mm-hmm. and the blogs are fed by you know da- the information on the internet from the past, on a long enough timeline, if we don't, if we're not very careful, the AI 
is going to generate new blogs based on blogs generated by AI. And then we're just going to be, and the words were, a spiraling whirlpool of nonsense where this AI, it's like when you get two iPhones and you get Siri to speak to Siri and they just start talking nonsense to each other. And that'll be, the, that'll be the future of the written word online if we're not careful because everyone's going to go, write me this, bosh, and then it's just going to spew out nonsense. But, just but like that, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is just end up being a, like a, just, just throw any crazy idea we want to talk about on this episode, which is fun. Um, but I think that's the point is if that's the way the training module goes, and it's interesting because what it'll do over time is the stuff that gets engagement, it will learn that it was positive. Uh, and the stuff that doesn't get engagement, well, it, it's going to get really smart. It's going to get really interesting. And I think if someone's thinking about starting a business in this space, there was a great podcast episode on the All In podcast, which we both love. And Chamath talks about it. And he says, if you think about, if you've got enough compute power, which is just like engines, computers, to crawl all the internet and take all of that data, and then you can put it into a learning module, which isn't hard. You just need the compute power to do it. Anyone can really become a chat GPT or a deep miners. That's Google's internal or well, Google's business that remains internal, not as public as OpenAI, which is chat GPT. What happens is all of these data sets, because they're, everyone's crawling the same data set. And if you think about what AI does, it converges on the best answer. It learns and learns and learns, trains and trains and trains, and it's trying to get perfection. So all of this stuff ends up just converging on exactly the same answer over time if nothing else changes. So the, the opportunities are where you have a data set that isn't publicly crawlable, and then you apply AI to that. So he talks about a great example is like if there's a hospital that has got 20 years of kidney failure data, like why kidneys fail or cancer, whatever the data set that isn't public, very much in the health space right now because that's the very private data. If you then can take that data and apply AI to that and it can learn, it can then give you answers that you that no human has thought of. That's where the opportunities are. And we've basically gone from one end of the spectrum to talking about a founder who is trying to build a community. Um, we just This is just me and Harry hanging out right now, by the way, guys. Uh, you're kind of going from... We need so, to really. So, ha so how does AI yeah. training models in the medical space help someone trying to start a business in 2023? <laughs> oh, I love it. We, we need to get ChatGPT to uh, write better notes for us because we've just got crazy tangents. <laughs> that's that's how you know this isn't written by AI because it just goes off. It, it couldn't it, it couldn't have scripted this in a million years uh so let's pull it back the opportunity ai is it achievable for a non-funded founder potentially not unless you're doing some stuff where you're building on top of it which is also interesting i think if you're a builder and more techie like sam wilcox our friend he's got a partner who sells stuff on etsy and he within about four hours he built a little app which was to allow his partner to write better product descriptions for Etsy shops. And then now he's like playing with a couple of other things. He's like, actually, I want it in the start of this. And here's the features. Here's the benefits. Include those. So there's those tools that I think are, are very valuable. But in terms of pulling us back to the topic of the show, 
probably starting a competitor to DeepMind and OpenAI is not on someone's to-do list for 2023. <laughs> but the point is, if you want to try and like, uh, if you're going to write or, or post anything about the business that you, you're trying to start in 2023, 100%. get a camera out, be authentic, be true to yourself and the brand. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That is the takeaway that we were circling around but never hit the bullseye on. It's video and image is, we believe going to have more weight to it in 23 so get good at it get good at storytelling through video and audio if that's I your mean, preference i mean we, we podcasted for how many years and then we were like completed it mate and then <laughs> and now we're back <laughs> it's gonna be interesting if the current subscribers by the way thank you starts going down because like this is not the show that it used to be <laughs> he's got a weird energy about now <laughs> Uh, all right, where, where do you want to take it? Where do you want to take it now? <laughs> I think I'm spent, mate. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of all for me, to be honest. I think like what it, uh, very broad, but I guess I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you had anything else in mind, but I think one thing I would like to just throw out to the audience, anyway, is you know <laughs> we've got kind of gone very high level and broad, but you know if someone does have any questions or anything like that. They can they can always email the show if they just email email me it's Harrison at experttrades.com. We'll ask a question. Two we'll, T's in the middle, one S at the end. Correct, correct. Um, you know, and we'll we'll chat about it. Tell us who you are, what you do, and we can <laughs> hopefully not go off on a tangent about AI again. But you know, like because we've managed to cover, build a community, <laughs> stay in your day job, um, N- NFTs, crypto, pets.com crash. Uh, cost of living crisis recession cost of living crisis recession uh, chimp nft memes for millions of dollars and ai deep mind and what that could look like in a world of nonsense if it learns from itself i think we've done pretty well in 45 minutes <laughs> it's just one of those weeks by the uh... way just just from my side is some of the stuff that i'm really excited to bring to the show if people are thinking about what the fuck am i doing subscribe to this show if you if you're still listening <laughs> i might i might even put a bumper on this it's a no edit show but i might even put a bumper on the front of this show nah mate uh, let them find it let them find let these find gems it. let them find it so i think it's more of a warning uh, <laughs> so I, I wasn't bringing the gems up to the front more of a warning i think yeah, but they get they that... get value at the beginning mate so if they stay through this they've made their own choice they're, they're okay. all going to be up they're old enough to make their own decisions now mate sometimes you guys got there were seven points you could have turned off if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're here it's on you stick That's around for hour three because there's a lot more coming <laughs> well one thing i want to do is like given the nature of the work i'm really keen to because if you think about the show for the last like four seasons five seasons it's very much been me running a business and you in that business supporting me as we grow that business together but right now i'm not in the day-to-day of that so i want to hear your voice of what it's like to be in the business now because you're one of the, the three pillars responsible for growing it and understand the challenges that that change in management change in you hiring now there's loads of things that you're going through and we're not hanging out as much anymore i want to bring that onto the mics 100 and i because i'm playing in my new role, I'm playing in lots of different verticals compared to just one, and I'm seeing and learning loads of stuff. So I really want this to be a place that I can bring some of that stuff on as well. So that's we've had a really cool opener. 
I'm go- by the way, I'm going to add that. I'm going to add a note now so that we know for next one because we can talk about. So, like for example, some of the things is like management, bringing new people into the team and stuff like that already to help us be more efficient. So there's loads of stuff we can talk about on that 100. percent I'll be excited to talk about. Yeah, nice. And maybe we can get like some of the because Danny's just hired his first person as well, and maybe we can just get a couple of ideas from Danny as to like what he learned, what what advice was helpful, what was hindering him throughout that process, and just share. Like hiring your first people, your experience through it. There's loads of stuff that is going on within expert trades on your side of the table that I don't have visibility of. So it'd be cool to just hear it in your words now, mate, to be honest. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, that's sort of like one of the reasons I wanted to get on the mics. So, guys, if you got this far, thank you. Um, don't forget, Harrison at expertrades.com, two T's and Mill, one us at the end. Whatever you want to email in, just let us know that you're listening. Um, and I would say, can I do a shameless plug? Uh, no, mate. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you I'm... can, because no one's listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harry, I'm going to sell you. <laughs> sell me, baby. Come on, private session. No, let's go. No, I, I can't sell you, mate. You know me too well. Yeah. Uh, you you, you I, can I, see it from a mile away. You, <laughs> we've had so many moments. Actually, I can't remember what it was. Well, you said something to me like, I don't know, like two or three months ago. And you said it, you said a sentence like, Adam, even today, that blew me away because there was something that we did with the brand <laughs> after five, six years. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm. I think I think it's, be- it's because I can tell what you're doing now, and even now I'm like, because <laughs> it still, still works, still top of your I'm, game, mate. I tell lo- you, loving it, mate. Loving it. I'm putting it into practice at the moment, which is fun. But one thing, I guess, just stay tuned because one thing that I'm working on. Um, within my new role, which I, I hope to be able to bring some more to it in the future in the sort of next two, three weeks, is I'm really passionate. We've built an amazing community around the startup, Darren. We're actually meeting up with a bunch of them on the 4th of Feb. We've got this mini thing called the Network, this dinner. And I want to try and do that um, at a larger scale. Uh, and I think within the new role, there's an opportunity to do it. Maybe get 100 founders together in the upcoming future. So stay tuned. It'll be cool. Harry's going to be there 100%. Um, so, because I just got a feeling that it's just my way of basically just bringing in a, the amazing founders, entrepreneurs, innovators that are listening to this podcast. If we can try and get them all together and I can convince the amazing team at my new role saying, Hey guys, these are all high potential founders, high potential companies. They'll be customers of ours in the future, but let's just <laughs> hang out with them right now. <laughs> open yeah, boss, open boss. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so stay tuned to that I'm, I'm hopefully going to get a green light on an event so uh, that'd be really fun to hang out with loads, loads of members of the community yeah I like it alright nice. well if you've oh, made mate, it this far you're... what I was about to wrap then what's up for people that are listening are like what's going on I just head went into hand I just glanced down at the H6 I was like I'm not even recording but then I realized it doesn't record because it's just the audio. It's recording. You know that moment? You know that moment? That was, nice. I noticed genuine panic there, mate. Wow. It, yeah, it's glanced um, down. I was like, that's my job. I never hit the record button. Well, that's well, always look, your job. Luckily, you have also been able to make it this far in the show, Adam. Uh, guys, let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening. And, you know, if if you like watching stuff on YouTube, we're on YouTube as well now. You know, you're only, you get to see our faces. So either follow us on your podcast player of choice Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you want. Uh, don't forget, email us in, harrisonexperttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. Uh, any final words, Adam? I will let you press the button as well, mate. 
Get those emails in because I want to hear from people. We've got literally thousands of listeners still, which blows my mind every time that I open Anchor and see that. And I just want to hear from people. That was the thing that we got the most enjoyment from. So whether you are starting a business um, or now thinking I'm going to go and raise, uh, I think, uh, 10 billion is what Microsoft had just invested in ChatGPT yeah. or sorry, OpenAI. So whether you're just trying to start a uh, little bit of a community around climbing or you're about to go and raise 10 billion to compete with Microsoft, whatever stage you're at or you're in your day job, great. Let us know why you listen to this show. We've shared with you what we want the show to be this year. Let's just start building the community around what we do. And I can't wait to read some of those messages. I just thought of a name for a company to compete with Microsoft's Bing. Go. Bong. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>